Well, speaking of Christmas, I brought you presents. Oh, I see that. I feel bad already. Why? I feel like I got you something. I got you cookies. Oh, and I brought you beer. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> beer works. Yeah. I'm always happy to receive beer. Well, since you asked about the beer right off the bat, let's talk about this. Um, what do you think of this? It's Citra. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's Citra. And then, but the name of it is Mutatis Mutandis. And it's by Publius Ales or Publius. How do you say that? Yeah, that was, um, I thought it said like mutation or something. Mutat, it does actually. I mean, that's the that's the that's Latin. Uh, do you know Do you know what the name Publius comes from, or Publius? How do you say that? How would you say that? I have no idea. Um, let's see. It was goodness gracious. Yeah, it was the it was the pseudonym used by James Madison, Alexander and Hamilton, and John Jay in writing the Federalist Papers. Mm. Anyway, this guy's the so first of all, this is a homebrew. Is it? Yep. Who's homebrew? Uh I don't know if I should say his name. Oh, okay. Local. I mean you can find, I already say the name of his homebrew company, Poop Publius or not I don't think it's a company. Maybe it is, I don't know. Because he is a lawyer. Publius um ale company. Okay. He's a lawyer, so it's like that's it's kind of a lawyer lawyer lawyerly thing there. And the name Mutatus Mutandus is like that's also some that's actually one of the rare ones. I was talking to a couple of lawyers who had never even heard of that term, but it basically means if you see that, like in a document, like that's written up, marked up, it means that we're gonna we're gonna change these things that we said we'd change, or something like that. I don't know. No. But anyway, this is yeah, it's a it's a series he has, and it's it's all about change. But basically, it's a single hop, so it's Citra is the only hop. And every time he makes this, that he changes what hop he uses. That's the that's the part that. What know, was changing. what was the name again? Is Pluribus? Publius. 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 Now that fits in well with our theme. How so? There's there's a point in in uh, Willy Wonka when he's screaming and he says "Good day, sir." Right before that, he says "E pluribus something." Hello, it's all Latin. Oh, okay, um, but it was referring to the contract. So, uh, oh, that's right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. the exact words, but yeah, uh, maybe we'll find it and stick it in. He was given a, quite the quite the tongue lashing to. He was that parent and that yeah. naughty kid. All right. So, do you want to hear a story? Or do you want to open presents? Let's hear a story first. I don't think you didn't respond to this. I put it on Slack, but I got stuck in an elevator. Ah, uh, did you really? <laughs> I did. That's like a that's a, a nightmare. It was kind of. Um, what are you doing? I was just gonna like kind of separate these, but it's so like expertly wrapped. You can thank my wife for that. Jeez, they're all nice and pretty. Oh my gosh. This is like if you when you pay someone at Nordstrom to wrap for you, this is you the super. High well, call. funny enough, she um she used to work at Neiman Marcus oh. as as a web developer. Okay, and uh, she said during the holiday time they were not allowed to to work on the systems, right? Because it was holiday time. Oh, so they wrapped. So they they <laughs> made them either go to the warehouse or work in the store, and so she would she would opt to work in the store. I don't know. I think she did both, but. She would end up in their wrapping department. That's before they had a Docker lightweight containers. Now they can just you can yeah. develop all the time. Yeah. Make a prop you make an error, just roll forward. You have another <laughs> deployment out in 30 seconds. But she learned how to wrap. So yeah. All right, story time. Oh yeah, I got stuck in an elevator. Uh, so this was in uptown. I was uh trying to leave for the day, trying to beat traffic from downtown Dallas, which I obviously did not beat. Um was going down to the garage. And so I'm in the elevator. With a, with a colleague of mine, and we press the button we, to go down, and it kind of moves for a little bit. 
And then you, and then I got a sinking feeling and it actually had dropped. I don't know how far it dropped because it was, it was kind of a big shock because it happened really fast. It, it dropped. And then I hear this crash, almost like it, like the elevator caught us. Uh, it sounded loud enough that I thought maybe we hit bottom. Like maybe it just went down and didn't stop in time and it hit bottom or something. But it didn't, obviously. And for a moment there, I'm just, we're standing there just kind of wondering what happened. Elevator's not moving, numbers aren't moving, and it's stuck. Um, so we got to press all the buttons that you want to press, but you don't normally, you don't not allowed to press. Right, yeah. You got to press the little alarm button. Yep. All that does is Did make, it work? Oh, it just makes a loud noise. It just went, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> it was just really annoying. You just press it, it just goes, wee, wee. <laughs> And so we did that a few times, um, but I could, there's no way I could stand, stand there and press that for any length of time. It just was annoying. So then you would press the call button. It didn't work. There was nothing. Nothing happened. There was no, no ding. There was, no, yeah. there was nobody talking. <laughs> we pressed it. We tried holding it, talking it, pressed it. Nothing. Yeah. That's, so, that's all garbage. And so we're just Doesn't sitting there. Work. And so the only thing we could think of, and thankfully we still had bars. Um, I only had one bar. He only had one bar. So we just called. Did uh, you combine your bars together so you could get a call out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did a iPhone twin powers yeah. activate and that just gave us all the bars. Um, is that, is that um, uh, what's the, what's the, the team of the five, the Rangers, what are they called? The, um, the power Rangers. Yeah. Like they, they have some, it's or, like where they combine their powers and no, that's some. captain planet. Is it? Okay. Yeah. With our powers combined. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I used to love captain planet. It was propaganda, but it was fun propaganda. <laughs> that always made the evil business, the business guy, the evil, just pure evil wanting to pollute the planet. <clears throat> it's good stuff. Mm. Okay. So you guys are making calls to try to get out, right? Yeah. So we Call made calls and thankfully, thankfully we had that option because no, no one, no one ever responded to that. Did the fire department come out? No, no, no. But we, they, so the people we called were out making other calls to get in the building and it turns out the the guy that can come and help us out was here in Frisco. So he had might have been in this building that um, Tyson Krupp or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't their it's elevator. There, I don't think it was okay. their elevator, but um, cause it wasn't branded. Well, it was branded, but it wasn't them. Was it uh, Otis? It wasn't branded with Otis either. Mm. Cause we noticed that too. Right, I'm trying to think of other elevator companies. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> either way, he was up here in Frisco and we were in, we're in uptown. Oh, great. <laughs> so that's what took so long. We basically sat in an elevator for an hour. I couldn't imagine if it was any more of us. It was starting to get a little bit warm. Um, thankfully, I had my my annual shower, so I wasn't wasn't ripe or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, we just sat there and just talked and got Jeez. to know each other a little bit better. Wow. Uh, I my biggest fear is that the thing's going to break and it's just going to slam to the you know to the basement. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't have a fear of getting stuck in an elevator. I, can't you? Now is it is it true that like all the elevators have that hatch on the top that you could like somehow. I, you know, the thing is, they're so tall. I don't think I could get up there. Yeah, I don't think there was a hatch. Because to get us out, they kind of raised us to another floor. And then there was like maybe a... Oops, sorry. There you go. Number one. Two. I'm going for three. <laughs> There's maybe a two-foot gap between the top and the bottom. So it was maybe just halfway up. And so we had to crawl up out of that onto the to the floor above. Um, so that's how we got out. Wow. Yep. Oh, I'm glad you made it, John. Um, all right. So, hey, what do you think of this beer? I have to drink it. <laughs> I think it's pretty damn good. No, I really like it. It's really let's good. See, what's the, let's see what the seven. Okay, it's seven point eight percent. I was like, it's really luscious and it's got a lot of body to it. it has a lot of citrus. Has a lot of body. Um, it's got a bit of. 
you know, the hoppy bitter to it, but it's, it's almost refreshing. It's, it's, it's kind of odd. It's not like a really heavy bitter. No, it's a very, I get very minimal bitter. It's almost yeah. all fruit, you know, fruity, yeah. fruitiness. That's really good. Yeah, that's he really makes good. amazing beers. He won some big Belgian contest like a year ago, but he does even, uh, I think, I think he does several. <laughs> there's, there's three. three. <laughs> yeah. I th he does um, several of these a year, but um, basically the big 50-gallon um, uh, whiskey barrels, he'll, he'll do like oh, uh, wow. bourbon barrels. He does, you know, he'll do I'd like he'll to try his. 50 gallons of beer and do a like a bourbon barrel aged stout. He's doing one right now. He just transferred all the beer. It was a, it was like a, it's probably like a 12 or 13% stout. It was in a bourbon barrel for six months and he just transferred it into a rum barrel. It's going to spend six months in a rum barrel now. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'd, I'd, he's, I'd like a bit of that. I'd like to try oh, that. Oh, yeah. And I've tried one. He had the, he had this one called, um, there was one called Odang. And it was like double barrel age, I think. And it was amazing. And then he had one called uh, Double Dang. And it was <laughs> it was also a multiple barrel aged. It was like the same beer, but he took half of it and put it into like to a second barrel for some, some more time. Yeah. So it was really, really good. All right. Well, I'm anxious. I'm like, I'm like a kid on hard Christmas them, morning. I want yeah. you to open your presents. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. I, I got to get Slack ready because I got to. John. I got to make two sure. Two presents here. Oh. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I don't have the picture up. Oh, damn it. What do you mean the picture? What are you trying to do? I'm trying to take a picture of you with your presents. That's called a camera. All right. All right. Hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, I knew looks, you'd like it. Looks like it's never been. Just like you haven't read it. No, I do. I just take really good care of my okay, stuff. That's true. You do. Design patterns. Have you read that one? Do you have that one? I do now because you just give it back to me. <laughs> yeah. So the joke is that's Jeremy's book. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called when you give someone your gift back? Uh, Indian giver? No, that's not. No, that's when you give someone something, someone something, and then you take it back. Oh, yeah. Plus, that's very racist of you, John. It's non-PC. Nowadays, yeah, they're called Native American givers. Uh, I think I have Indian that's in joke. me. That's a joke. I have Indian in me, so I, I'm allowed to say it. I bet you've had an Indian in you. <laughs> All right. Hey, I, I want you to know this is, this is, um, ah, these are, of course you. What? Tape these are Jody. Well, of course. Ah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is so <laughs> creepy, John. <laughs> oh my God. Gift number two. Actually, that's a stealth gift. Oh, that is so creepy. It's a stealth gift. Okay, we're going to put this. Am I going to have to hang that up? Yes. What is this? That's what your gift is. Wireless charger. So it's a photo frame that's a wireless charger. Oh. Oh, that is. Yeah. You just put your phone oh. inside of the frame. Huh. And, and my phone does that? Yeah. It should, yeah. right? You it's, have the new one. Right? Is this, so is this like Qi or something? Qi compatible? I have the called? 10. Mine does it. So yours okay. definitely should. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the wireless charging thing yet. So, thank you. It's up to you to change that picture. You're going to be staring at Benny off. Oh, man, I think I should leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Tribute to our, our fearless leader, Daddy Benny off. <laughs> <laughs> I had, that's a real photo. I had to actually download it and print it. Oh, uh, what kind of photo do you... Uh, yeah. You're going to see the... I'm going to be sitting there print. with my socks on. Well, at least you have pants on. That's true. You don't normally record with pants on. All right. Well, thank you, John. That was very nice. John's always, uh, you're, he's, you're always generous with the gifts. You're a thoughtful, you're a thoughtful dude. That was just funny <laughs> to me. 
I thought I was, I was going to put a picture of me, but I thought, no, he'd like that. So I thought it has to be, it has to be Benioff. Uh, do we want to, I don't know if you, I don't know what your topic docket looks like, but I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. And then I don't know if there's any news really or anything. I got a couple of news. There's things. a couple of news things, a couple of things I want to complain about. There's some, um, we have some reviews and we have a Holy community cow. topic. Oh my gosh. I know. The, we got the reviews two are just coming in. I, I, I'm feeling the love, John. I, I feel like actually it makes me reminds me that people actually some people actually listen to this show. <laughs> um, I also have the as you know I clipped several of our predictions from last year. We didn't do a prediction show this year, but had we done one, like I guess that would have been at the end of our, our previous show, then mm-hmm. uh, we would have probably reviewed the, those. But we didn't do predictions, and I don't even know if I have any really. So we didn't do predictions last year. No, we did. We didn't do them this. We didn't do them recently. Oh, it's because I think we thought we were going to record the first of the year. Oh, yeah, and we didn't. So. Anyway, but I do. I did clip the ones from last year, so we we can we can listen to those. Yeah, play those. Plus, I have a good excuse. I was sick. I and was also, sick all uh, through Christmas. Is um the 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 predictions since I clipped them from from last year? That's also a great cheap way of of coming up with an episode because you get to recycle your old content. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Yep, so that's that's how the pros do it. Well, let me, I guess, unless you object, I've got something to start with. Okay. Which is, now let me ask you this before I even start. Have you gotten into or even kind of checked out Lightning Web Components yet? It's on my list. Okay. I really haven't either. I, I vaguely know what they are. I mean, I assume it's something much closer to uh, other like popular frame, web frameworks out there that are based fairly closely on, on web components. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about this last time, but. Even the frameworks that I've worked with that that do that are it's it's very web component like. There's I don't I'm not sure there's actually true web components. I I think these things like when you basically when you compile these projects they compile down to um mm. I, I think they compile down to not web components, <laughs> which is also <laughs> how they get so much browser compatibility. So at develop yeah. at develop time they look and feel kind of like web components. Yeah, and. I'm sure at some point, and maybe you can with these already. There's probably like multiple compile outputs you can your targets you can choose, and one of them is probably like, yeah, I have a completely web component compliant browser. Um, and so yeah, just feed it the raw web components. You know that compile the com- compilation step is, is would be different. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, no, I'm I'm doing much more lightning. Like you know, what's it called now? Classic lightning? It's just lightning. No, it's not even that. It's Again, lightning means a million things. That we had Salesforce, light, Salesforce One Lightning. Do you remember that? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, hang on a second. Maybe I don't have that. I thought I had. Uh, it's just lightning components and lightning web components. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. As far as components, sure. Yeah. I, I think I, my, I think I was just saying lightning though, and lightning again means nothing and and everything all at once. Um. So yeah, I'm lightning components, I guess. And I think I think I kind of spoiled this to you a couple of weeks ago, but wow, I'm actually I'm actually kind of shocked in a way. You're shocked because you're liking them, or you're no, shocked because no. you're not liking I'm, them. I'm shocked how <clears throat> how convoluted and and Poor. I know <laughs> I'm just shocked at how convoluted and and complex and and I don't want to say difficult because it's not difficult. It's just um. A model and, and language and everything it is compared to, again, the other modern web frameworks that I'm familiar with. Uh, and, I, and I wish I would have made a, a list. I really don't have that much. But like one thing is just 
where like you you can't reference anything directly. You have to make these like get calls, get this or just get, or sometimes it's just get, sometimes it's like get event or get component or get whatever. And you pass in these strings, mm-hmm. you pass in strings yeah. to represent like some kind of name or a model or, or I'm sorry, the value providers. Yep. And like, do we, I mean, it just, it, there are so many like concepts like that that are just, that are just and again, in other frameworks, are completely unnecessary. Or maybe it is a value provider pattern of some sort, but you don't have to know that. They surely as hell don't have to tell you that, and they don't tell you that in the in any of the documentation and guides. So this is like, yeah, you're passing in these strings, so your ID can't help you at all. I mean, when I work on a view or a React project, I mean, my ID helps me with everything. It like it's it knows. I mean, they, you know, IntelliJ knows about view projects, it knows about React projects, and it every time I hit dot, you know, I get I get help or or control space to get what's in scope. And with this, I mean, you're not getting that at all because you're it's you're tunneling stuff through strings yeah i mean you, i mean it's it's basically just a getter with a property name on it which I, right so it's 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 what's well, just loosely just a hash, hash like in the dynamic back or something and, and i don't know i just i don't know why and and some of these things they probably have and i'm sure they i don't know what i don't know is if like are there were there like legit reasons for the way they had to do this because again lightning the, the lightning you know they have Security requirements, multi-tenant requirements. What's it called when you have a screen with components from multiple vendors on the screen? I mean, there's all these things that you know React doesn't solve and mm-hmm. Vue doesn't solve. So they maybe that's why they get to have simpler models and, and just a better programming model for this all this stuff. Yeah. But when I'm just looking at you know from the fact that when you're you know when you're when you're looking at like your component markup, I mean, it's just it's just it looks like so much XML and and everything is verbose and weird. And I'm like, man, it's it's so much. Even I mean, the component markup is so much simpler than other frameworks, and the all the and the JavaScript programming you do is is so much simpler. Um, and I also don't understand like the whole helper thing. I know I know this is like literally five years old discussions, mm-hmm. but pro- what happens? And I'm, I'm sure there's probably ways around this. I hope what happens is because I'm also I'm working on existing projects, right? Is I'm working with helpers, m- many helpers that are multi thousand line helpers. Yeah, because that's what they taught us. They taught us you have a controller, and that controller has a helper, or mm-hmm. right, and that's what people do. That's how people develop because we're Salesforce developers, and we do what the documentation tells us to do, right? <laughs> well, that is what you want to do. You want your your heavier code to be in the helper. So I have a three thousand line helper. Yeah, and and what's the point of one helper? So, so I mean, why why not just have it in the controller? Because the for the controller for every one of your components on the screen. It gets its own instance of your controller class or object or whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, okay. And the helper only exists once. Well, why would it? Because in your controller, I know. Um, I mean, does your does the controller get past an instance of the component mm-hmm. the controller methods? They do, right? So why? So actually, why do you need multiple instances instances of a controller? I know, but that's that's my been my understanding since day one is that because the component gets passed in, right? Yep. To any action or what are they called action methods or I don't know, I'm not even sure what they're yeah. called. Action functions. Now, if you and it, and it's tough to break that chain. Like for a while there, I was trying to to essentially say, okay, my controller can be aware of the component, but I don't want my helper to be aware of the component. So I'll pass in the values that it needs. If it needs a an ID or some value from the component, then I'll send that to a method on the helper and let it do its thing. But the problem is when you get stuff back and you need to send error messages and responds, now you have this weird. Now you have to start doing this event system or something. It's just it gets really weird. And so I just started passing the component into the into the helper and letting it directly interact with the component, which I don't think is good. 
I don't if see I'm why. trying to, if I'm trying to create an abstraction here. I, I mean, your helper is a component helper. I, it, it seems natural that it would have it, you could pass in a reference to a component. Yeah, it just in trying to logically separate and draw a line and say, right. okay, my my controller yeah. should should know about the front end interface, but my helper should not. And, and just in terms of just best practice oh, encapsulation. A, here's another here. one. Let's say you have a. Um, a property. Let's say it's let's say a, what do you what are they called? Uh, attribute. Sorry, component attribute. And let's say it's a, the type of it is an array of you know accounts. Mm-hmm. In your controller, you grab a reference. Of course, in the super crusty, pass in a string of the name of that property <laughs> of that attribute. You get a you get a reference to that attribute. So now you have a an, a reference direct a direct reference to that array of accounts. Let's mm-hmm. say so you add an account to it. Well, now you have to, even though you're still referencing that same array, you didn't make a copy of anything. You you didn't have to call a set method again. Yep. Because it doesn't know it's not because it's not watching. It's not, it's not like proxying or it's not like, it's not a true like property or there's no nothing that fires that tells the, you know, the the aura system that you've updated this and you need to check stuff and re-render stuff. Yeah, because when this you call, is something, a, again, when you this call is, a get, you get a copy of that value. No, you don't. No, you do not. Yes, you do. No, you do not. When you call get? No, you don't. In a don't get a copy. You get a direct references, reference to the thing. You are ref- – I've already even checked this. When you, when you, let's say you get like – in this case, it's an array of accounts. When you, call, when you do a get and it returns you something, that is a direct reference to the array. The reason why you have to call set after that if you modify that array – is it, it's not resetting it. What you're doing is you're putting an event in the in like the in the in the or a loop or whatever yeah, that tells it to like okay now you need to like redraw some stuff or, yeah. or and and again this is something with other web frameworks like they're they're proxying all these things already with but basically with modern JavaScript properties um, you can you can basically get notified of property changes and, and you don't have to do any of that and it's just it's it's very strange and I, there's something else in the chat here this is Chuck he said um, yeah I didn't. Uh, he said, you know, helpers, you know, big, if, you have, if your helper gets big, because again, that's what happens. The helper becomes the dumping ground for mm-hmm. just everything. And it has a million, you know, it's going to end up with tons of really long methods is what I'm, I'm seeing is very common in, mm-hmm. in real world. And he said, those should probably be split into actual JavaScript static resources. Now that's fine, except for my question is, what's the developer experience on putting JavaScript in static resources? And what's the, what's the you know, edit compile refresh loop look like on that because like okay. on a modern framework I can I can edit any JavaScript file and hit save and it I can I'm, my browser immediately refreshes with it with a change well you and won't get I, that well you're, you're, but, so what's gonna if, you have, if, you if, essentially, if, if these are in, if, think about this if these are in static resources that means you you know you got to save the JavaScript then the static resource is a big zip file that's got to be rezipped up and it's got to be pushed up to the metadata API which is is what it is. We've talked about that a million times, and and then at some point, you know, at some point, then you can later you can re you can manually reload your browser and see the change. And it's like that's that doesn't cut it. It is what it is. Yeah. Even if you refresh your browser, you're not guaranteed to get a a fresh copy of your component unless you turn off caching. Yeah, and I know DX is supposed to solve some of the stuff. I don't know. There's DX still has. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about DX or the or what this current state of DX is to say whether. I mean, I guess you know. We're, I'm sure it's better. So I'm going to have to put. I, I I'm I'm I want to take your word for it, but I'm going to have to put that to the test. My thought was that anytime you called a get, it was always a copy. It was not a reference, and any changes you made had to be in set because I could. I've seen, or at least I thought I've seen where 
I've made changes, never showed up, even though other events are happening, but it never updates that value. And I find out, oh, I forgot to call a set somewhere. No, you have to call set, but not because... Not, but in that theory, not if, because you're said you're you're putting a new thing in there. You're you're actually putting the same thing that was already there, the same reference to the thing that was already. There. What you're doing when you call set is you're putting you're putting a, a you're dropping an event in, no, I, in the event loop so I, that it knows I get, to do. I get something. your theory okay. on it. That's my I want to test it because okay. my theory is the opposite: is that you're getting a copy and you have to call set to modify the variable. So how would you test that? Um, good question. I actually don't know how you would. I have to think about that. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. That's a good and, exercise. And, and to which point, if you can't even test that, like, what, what does it even really matter? I mean, the, the, my my fundamental complaint is just like that I got to call set again on the thing that I that appears well, to already be there. It's good to know because you, it, I mean, it could lead to certain things. I mean, you could have something modifying a variable, never call set, and then some other event that, that for some reason causes the thing to re-render, and now you see a change in data. It'd be good to understand what's really going on. Are you getting copies? Are you getting references? Can you... Can you make a bunch of modifications knowing that it's going to modify the reference to it and then at the end of it all call one set on something completely something else and yeah. it would cause everything to refresh? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it'd be good to know. Yep. Oh, uh, I, a, a way to test this was just provided in the, uh, the, our live channel. Yeah. That's, well, that's, By the way, <clears throat> listener, did you know that we have a, we, we've been live broadcasting these episodes and you can join the live <laughs> channel and discuss the show as it's happening in our Slack. You got to go to Slack. You got to get in our Slack. And John, how do people get in our Slack? Gooddaysirpodcast.com forward slash community. And I paused because I didn't want to say the W's. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know what? Every Guys, every time I prompt John, I set him up for that. He, he never fails to get this childlike, <laughs> just happy grin that's so, it's so innocent i want to like say it innocent you're i like want to say you're like it. my six-year-old when like something good happens he just you know or whatever and he's so happy just so so genuinely happy i really want to say the w's <laughs> yeah. and i want to say it wrong i want to say ww yeah I, I, I just i don't know i get a kick out of it okay so let's see what else do i have on um oh wait uh, I was, we weren't done with that i was okay. gonna say something and then you made me talk about well, so testing else. the um whether you have to like set variables or attributes that you've you just got yeah it's not ringing a bell all right okay. move on the other thing is like this someone at, at salesforce i don't know who i would like to know is obsessed with the letter c it's just c for component it's c for cookie c for component c for controller c is the default xml namespace for your components even tr- even the trailhead makes fun of the fact that you see c for everything well c and v yeah there's v for some reason what does V stand for? It's the, the variable. we don't even know. It's it's the view, but it's, it's the basically it's variable. The I don't know. It's the, the view. It's view state essentially. Yeah, yeah. view state's probably good. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, Lightning way way bit way. You know, it's it's definitely a modern experience for the end user compared to you know the old get all every everything every action you do re- completely reloads the page. But man, the developer experiences and and thank God, you know, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm getting in this at the right time mm-hmm. because we have you know we're gonna have Lightning web components. Yeah, but it's just like if you would have like gotten into iOS program like a couple of years ago, like yeah, you're gonna learn Swift. That's what gets so much better. Or uh, you know, the programming model is better. You don't have to mm-hmm. deal with like a C-like language anymore. Um, but you still got to learn Objective C because like every iOS code, all the iOS code in the world that's out there is in Objective C, and it's just there's still you're still gonna have to deal with a lot of Objective C, basically. So you got to learn both, and that's where I'm at right now. It's like yep, yeah. yeah. Anyway, 
Oh, right, and the other so, thing is like your lightning components, as with Apex, I guess Salesforce just wants to be consistent here. You have one namespace for all your components. There's no organizing comp- components. No, no, there isn't. And, and th- you know, this, this is compounded by all these third parties. And so when you go into your org and you look at, you know, your managed packages or whatever, when you go into your org and you look at Apex components or lightning components, it's, it's just impossible. Just forget it. You're n- I mean, unless your org's brand new and you've not done anything yet, you're not going to find anything. Yeah. And your naming conventions, I mean, just, uh, it's just... Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got, I mean, even on some non, well, I won't say non-trivial, but even smaller projects where I have a number of components. Some of them are just child components that don't ever have a top-level rendering to it, but just, it, just the tree of it just keeps going and going and going. It's, it's huge. Yeah. And don't, don't get me started on re- trying to rename a component. It just doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I, I learned that. Yeah. In fact, um, I was, one of the trailheads I was doing was it was it was a camping list app mm-hmm. or component. I'm sure many people listening know exactly what I'm talking oh, wait, about. They probably done let, this. Let me take this moment to congratulate you on doing your trails. I, I'm on, I'm up to like twelve badges. Go go get your badges. I know. Go exactly. get your badges. <laughs> I'm up to like twelve. Um, and and I want. I noticed that. Um, uh, I think at 25. So mm-hmm. I got I got something at 10. I'm a, I think I'm an adventurer or something like that. And at 25, I'm I'm get something else. Uh, mountaineer or something. Don't get your badges. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm getting badges. I thought you know, okay, I want to learn some new stuff. I might as well, I might as well do the trail. Well, first of all, I work for a partner now, and I've got to I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have to become a mountaineer. Yeah, and it's actually good if I do. What's it a hundred ranger or something like that? You know, something like that. Yeah, I got I got to do the same thing. So it's just it's just part of the thing. I got to do it. Yep. And, I, and speaking of speaking of that, I I do have some. I've just noticed with with Trailhead um, that uh, the and you can tell some mo- you can tell that you know different modules have different authors, mm-hmm. but some of them are just too cute by half. <laughs> what is that? I even showed. I took a screenshot of one. Like there's this one part I got to where and and the the emoji to word ratio was out of control. I mean, every sentence had like three or four emoji. I'm like, what? What is going on here? This is, but yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, there'll be like three or four paragraphs of just kitsy, like they can, what are they, oh, they can, they were trying to explain like just a callback or something. And they, it was like this couple of pages on what Carly Ray or whatever the girl's name that does the call me, call me maybe, like you don't call me, I'll call you or what. I didn't, I'm just like, and again, and I know that, you know, I'm not the audience mm-hmm. probably for a lot of this stuff because Salesforce doesn't care about me. They want to get hairdressers into the Salesforce business. Um, and, and so that's fine. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do these, tra- I have to do these trailheads now. It's part of my job, but I also like, you know, I kind of wanted like, uh, this is sell- the trailheads, like probably the biggest thing. One of the most important initiatives to sell to Salesforce over the past several years has been trailhead. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I want to, you know, I should really d- dive into this. It's been years and I haven't really, I've avoided it, but I should just, Check it out, you know, and then give it give it a fair chance. And and I am. I mean, it, and it's. I mean, it's overall, it's fairly impressive. I mean, it's it is fun. I mean, it's a, it's more fun than most others. I mean, compare it to the types of things that came before this. Web Assessor is a perfect example of that. Yeah, that's the type of LMSs <clears throat> we've been dealing with. Yep. And I know there's other there's other newer ones that are that are much more friendly than Web Assessor. Web Assessor is truly out of like the. I used to work for a company 2000s. that did a bunch of LMS yeah. stuff, CD-ROM training, and. All that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Those are fun days. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I, I do wish they would, it, it, it's just a lot of fluff. And I, I'm trying to get through these. You know, I've got, I got, 
I've got work I've got to do. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've got more work than I can get done in a day, but I'm also trying to get these trailheads done, trailheads done. And it's just so much fluff. I'm, I'm, and I find myself just, I'm, I'm skipping, 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 reading whole paragraphs because I've, I've gotten to where I can like speed read and tell whether it's fluff or whether there's something there I need. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, I'm just like, I wish I could just go to the docks. I mean, the, I, you know, I, I was looking at the lightning, like his lightning develop, lightning components guide or the lightning developer guide, whatever it's called. And that's 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 right up my alley. That, that, that's how I learn. I just sit down with the actual the freaking you know I, I I RTFM right. I mean that that's my way of too. too. I'd rather just sit down with the docs. I mean I I like having hands on experience and I like getting in there and trying to play with it and everything. But in in terms of just my knowledge absorption, I like reading it because I'll read it. I'll kind of skim read it first and then I'll go back and read it again and try to pick up more details on the second or third round. But that's just how I absorb it. I don't like this this guided step by step. I mean others might. Might be able to work that way, but not me. Very and you're true. leaving. I got a vamp because Jeremy's trying to find yep. more beer. Um, let's do this one. Good job vamping, John. That's 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 the <laughs> that's what you call um, Buddhist monk vamping. I was meditating. Yeah, it's great. It's great for uh, podcasts and radio shows. So good job there. Space the air just dead air just gets cut out right yeah absolutely I mean if if they if they're using um, overcast overcast yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's a requirement <laughs> if you want to listen to the show you have to use overcast <laughs> I think I think um I can I think there's some automated way I I could actually do that like any silence is longer than a certain I think amount, you can no, I'm just yeah. Saying, yeah I think I saw that get it. somewhere forget it forget um, about it but you know I, I'm I'm enjoying learning uh you know my lightning stuff. It's just um, I'm I'm looking forward to web components, LWC. Yeah, there, there's a ton of stuff that I want to get into that I just it it seems like the more so like this is just another thing to add on to my list of things that I've been wanting to get to that I haven't been able to. Um, I started out this year thinking I was going to get really organized and everything, and I didn't. Got sick. Mm. <laughs> so instead, so I didn't spend any time trying to get organized or anything. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I want. I wouldn't call it a resolution, but I know that there are things that I've been avoiding spending some time with that I'd like to, but I can't. And so it's just a matter of trying to find the time to do that. There you go. Um, one thing I do want to try to find time to do is spend a little bit, bit less time with technology, and that's that kind of conflicts with my need to do to learn more technology. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities and. That's yeah. Everything. I right. should do what Benioff did and hire a co-CEO in my life, so that I can do less technology. Yeah, let yeah. them do the technology, well, well, and I can do the fun no, stuff. The first thing you have to do is mail your iPhone um, somewhere far away from where you are, mm-hmm. and then you have to go, you know, swimming with the turtles in Galap- the, 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 in the Galapag- Galapagos. If I, if I can say that, <laughs> Galapagos. You're, you're cut off by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a half a beer and already have yak, yak tongue. Say Galapagos again. Galapagos again. <laughs> oh. uh, you like it when someone else tr- stumbles over a word, don't you, John? I do. I feel better. <laughs> and better about yourself? Yes, I'm usually the one stumbling. You know my brother-in-law, Nathan? Have you met him before? Sarah's uh, brother? Anyway, he brought, he yes, brought me this over him. the break. So this is actually probably not super fresh now, but it's actually, yeah, it looks pretty good. But this is, um, so a little bit of beer. Backstory here. Um, this New England IPA category, it's been controversial, but finally, the I guess it's the Brewers Association that controls um, these. Well, okay. So there's a contest every year that I think is run by the Brewers Association called the Great American Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the biggest event for breweries. 
And they officially added um, like hazy IPA as a category because before people were like entering it in like uh, like just a generic other IPA category, and they finally created a category for New England IPA, or I think they call it hazy IPA. So it was the first year this past GABF, and this beer won it. No, oh, cool. Yep. So there you go. I haven't finished the other one. Cheers. Yeah, you have. Oh yeah, I have. What's it called? Le jus, le jus, L E. J-U-S. I guess it's a take on like French, right? It's supposed to be Frenchy. It's by Alarmist, which are in Chicago. All right. Great. Love the dead air. All right. Um, what else, John? I've been, I, I was, so I, when I was doing these trailheads, uh-oh, better suck on that. I was, suck, trying not to, suck that down. I was trying not to bump the mic so I couldn't yeah. do the proper pour. Yeah. Uh, I was using, I've been using Dev Console just for the little quick trailhead things. You know, when you, because uh, I've been doing that, that trailhead playground feature where it spins up a little dev org for you. Mm-hmm. By the way, I've been, man, I've been burning through those because uh, it's like by far the easiest way to get a dev org. <laughs> you know, it's the only way to get a dev org that, well, actually, there's two ways. There are two ways to get it that I know of to get a dev org that doesn't require you filling out a lead, a lead gen form, which, by the way, you fill those out and you will get phone calls and email. I should read you these emails I get. I'm getting from the Salesforce account executives. What do you put down for the company? I think Valeris. Oh, see, I put independent and I don't ever get anything. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. I should put unemployed. Yeah. No, just put independent. <laughs> independent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hairdresser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never gotten a call from those legions and I have, well, yeah, I have probably about three of them that are still active. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have to. Anyway, um, no, there's two ways to get a dev. And by the way, stop doing that because you're you're the, adding to the five million developer number. I know, actually, yeah. I think it's like five billion. I think it's like five million ten thousand now because I think I feel like that's how many dev orgs I've created. Ten thousand. <laughs> no, you can. So this Trailhead Playground. That's a way to get a dev org without filling out a lead gen form. And then if you're a partner, you can go into your uh, environment hub and do it. Anyway, uh, Dev Console. You know. We all know we all know what the Dev Console is. It, it, we know that it it is what it is. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but it's funny, like no matter how much I use it, I still like when I get a bunch of tabs open of stuff. I'll no with, without without a doubt every at least once every time I use it, I'll hit Command W to try to start closing those tabs. Mm-hmm. And it just of course it closes the whole damn browser window. It closes the whole Dev Console out. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're not capturing that to do anything with it. Maybe and maybe there's a special shortcut. I'm sure there is. What well, those is aren't those aren't browser that's tabs, a, though. And I, I know, but I I feel like they're tabs. I feel like I should hit Command W. It's just it's muscle memory. I don't even. Oh, okay. it, it goes. It bypasses my brain. It's like right into my fingers. You know. Yeah. It just does it. Um, Why do you have so many tabs? But I'm sure there's. I should go read the extjs documentation because yeah. there's probably some. There's probably a shortcut. Probably, yeah, <laughs> like a proprietary <laughs> shortcut for closing those. <laughs> Um, but the, oh, the thing that really bothers me is, especially when I'm, you know, into like, I don't know, unit six of some lightning component module is I've got all these tabs open now and I can't rearrange them. Oh. And what's worse is like, y'all, I have like component A open and then I'll open component B and on component A, I want to like, I want to open its helper. So I click the helper thing, but it opens it after the component. Uh, so I'll have the component A helper that's open, like on the other side of the component B tab and mm-hmm. so you, you can't or you organize these so it's just uh, kind of so i was getting to where i close all the tabs and like reopen them in order and like yeah this is this is 2019 and this is what i'm doing <laughs> oh 
can't believe you just said that. Yep. This oh, 2019. You know, I totally, I totally, I know. Can you believe that? Um, I t- thought, I forgot I was going to say. So I was doing that camping list. Uh-huh. And I guess because I'm, I'm a, I'm a Salesforce developer. Um, I want to type campaign, campaign list. So I kept typing campaign list. So half of my components <laughs> are like campaign list something. And I'm like, oh, I'll just rename it. Oh, no, I won't. <laughs> you can't rename, right? As, you can you know, keep keeping consistent with Salesforce technology. You can, but it's difficult because you have you can modify <clears throat> no renaming. You can modify the bundle, but then you have to you have to you can change the name of the bundle, but then you have to change the name of every uh, so your JavaScript, CSS, and all those file names to match. But you also have to go into the metadata and change it there as well. Um, but even then, it doesn't seem to be safe. It still seems to forget what it is or give you issues. So I just create a new component and copy and paste all my stuff into it. And then delete the old one. Not 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 the best way to do it, but yeah. Which sucks because our only way of organizing these things is naming convention. And in this case, I was working on a portal. And so when I was starting the development of the portal, the portal had a name. And then the name changed. And then the name changed <laughs> with branding. I'm like, yeah. crap. Yeah. So then I try to change everything to match it. Um, and it just it just got crazy. I got to the point where I stopped trying. Well, but, why, yeah. that, that's, that's the exact reason why if you've ever had to work with the, like, for example, the, is it the, is it, it's in the metadata. Um, and also I think it's, I think it's in some S, uh, some uh, Apex, oh, not Apex. What, what are, I guess they're S objects. Um, mm-hmm. But communities were originally, you can obviously tell, were called networks originally. Yeah. Yeah. There's still that network. And so it's still like network is everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I can never get to work correctly. I never know what context it needs to be in for it to work. That's it's weird because weird. networks, you know, net, the networks have a very strong firewall associated with them. And there's several, there's certain things like chatter, like chatter groups and stuff are one of these things that are very decidedly on one side or another of various firewalls. Yeah. Like a chatter group that's that's not in a network is in your internal org and only in your internal org. Like yep. they're on, you know, they're one of the same, they, they can't span, uh, you know, networks essentially, if yeah. you want to call them that. But it's weird because there's no, I don't feel like there's a definitive list of like, what are the, hey, what are the things that like when you create it, it just, it's in a certain network and it never will be moved or it can't flow out to other things. Like which, you know, because obviously, you know, accounts aren't like that and tons of things aren't like that, but certain things are. Files are like that. Files are, Really? Yeah. So you create a file in it, you know, either internal, it's either in your, and you're not your, your, your null network <laughs> or it's in a specific network. And it just, once it's there, it's there and it's never moving. It's Depend, only got, depending on who created, who originated that file depends on its visibility and access and how it can be moved across between those internal, external boundaries. It's, it's kind of crazy. Hmm. Which sucks because a lot of, a lot of the companies I've been working with, their big thing, their big um, need for communities and things like that is to be able to accept, receive files from their customers. They basically have this thing of things they need from their customers and they need them to upload files and, and they want those files to come in, but those files are sensitive. So they want them secured. And once you start trying to apply security to those files, then it really gets crazy. So it's, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a mess I'm not interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, another thing. Um, I had a note here that like aura event types are all caps. I don't think it was event types. I think, oh, it is. You know, you create events or either component or application. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is required or not, but the t- you have to create, when you when you actually, I guess, create an event, uh-huh. 
into event type, you give it like a type of either component or application. Yeah. And that, that's always in all caps. I'm just like, hmm, why is it in all caps? Is that just convention or because I haven't tried actually. Is it all caps? It. And like the only examples it is. I don't think it has to be. It doesn't have to be. Okay. I've set up a few. Yeah. And it was it didn't have to be all caps. Right. I think uh, I want to say it might have been case sensitive, but I don't think it has to be all caps. Hmm. All right. Well, that's yeah. I'll um. I don't know. I'll probably have future t- t- discussions on Lightning. That's I don't know. building anything interesting. I um yeah I am I'm hmm. I wouldn't say building I am I have adopted interesting things. Oh okay. So. But yeah, I mean, just I don't know the 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 programming model, the the tooling that's available, and not not really tooling, well, partially the tooling, but mainly just like the constructs that are available are to to build like non-trivial apps in Lightning. It's it's just it's kind of yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. Again, it, it it's it it inherits just so many different layers. I mean, not only do you have your your UI, then you got your component your component controller, your helper controller, then you've got your Apex controller on the other side of things, and then if you if you have your proper abstractions there, then you have your your other classes that it that it interacts with. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes down to do you, depending on how you're building this, and if you're building an app, is your controller tied to a component? Is it tied to the application? Is it you know how do you how do you do all those delineations and modularity and all that kind of stuff? Uh, just, right. Yeah. It gets crazy because uh, yeah, you might start out one way, and then all of a sudden your component turns into an application because it's just growing so big, yeah. and then you're like, "Well, crap! I got to yeah. refactor I mean, all again, this." Because every app that you're going to build, even the you know whether it's big or small, or whatever, they're all going into the same bucket, and that yeah. that just like this problem that, that they just are not solving. Again, they're 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 doubling down on. It. They just keep paving it over with more and more of the same problem. And I just I don't understand that. You want namespaces? Yeah, it's like I don't know what you'd call it in the in the Lightning component world. It's like folders or. Names. I don't know what you'd call it. I mean, something, <laughs> some, some way, some, some way to keep yourself sane. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you something else. What was it? Um, oh, this is like an ISV thing. So I'm not because you're not. And I've I've done. Have you done work like ISV like app exchange packages and stuff? A long time ago. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I mean, it's it's been a few years, but I, I have I have um, gone I, to the I used sec- to do quite a bit more of that. Gone actually, to the security CSVs. review and. Yep, all that kind of stuff. So you know, one thing that uh, if you're like when you're working with managed packages, you you declare like a namespace, right? And right. then essentially every type of metadata, I think for the most part, you create gets when it gets installed into another org, auto magically, right? Everything gets prefixed with your namespace. So mm-hmm. your custom objects, your custom fields, um, all your references and and code to things get you know I guess it scans through your Apex and all the stuff since every, Apex is so static, you know, like. It goes through there and, and prefixes everything with with your namespace. And for whatever reason, this this code I'm dealing with now, it's it's as if um, basically like they're all throughout the code. Um, where you would have a namespace, they've got like a there's like a comment, a, an inline comment like the slash asterisk, mm-hmm. and it gets replaced. They re- like I guess it's a deployment start like a build step, but they're replacing those with a namespace. And, I'm, and I know, I've, I can recall from my last ISV gig that there were some issues. I think it was mainly like um, dynamic Apex. So it's like you've got this string. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even now, I feel like Salesforce has solved that. When you do um, dynamic Apex from a managed package, I think, it, I think it actually dynamically handles that 
any any anytime you're referring to your own custom objects, fields, or whatever, or classes, it it actually you know on the fly kind of prefixes that, or or either that or like it statically scans your. I don't think this is possible, but statically scan maybe your dynamic apex. Mm-hmm. Not sure what it does, but I think even that's solved. Um, but yeah, the the problem I, I'm just seeing is that they've. I mean, and this is a big code base. Uh, even in the static, like the static apex code, every reference to one of the packages, yeah, custom object, custom field, it's, it's they've all got they've prefixed by this comment. And so, I guess if you're in your like if you've got this, if you put this code in like a developer org. It's just a comment, so it's not. It does nothing, but at some point they've got to build stuff that where it goes through all the code, the entire code base, and replaces that comment with the act with a namespace. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out: is this actually required? Uh, we're getting feedback, so no, not yeah. anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. It, it just it makes the code such a mess. Yeah, it just it's so ugly to see that. I mean, it's, that's not a horrible solution if you have some kind of preprocessor that you execute on your code before it gets committed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I know we have a lot of ISVs that listen, and I'm just wondering if this is if this is still a thing people are doing. Are people doing that? Like, in their in their you know their kind of raw Apex code and stuff. Are they are they prefixing? I mean, it's even in the I think in the JavaScript code and stuff too, like the Lightning uh, controllers and things. I mean, I, every I, single thing. I mean, I bet that prefixes in this code base, you know, 10,000 times. And I just wonder, can I just do a find and replace and get rid of that thing on everything? I feel like I could do that and everything is just going to work just fine. Oh, that's a good question. Anyway. Um, do you know James Ward? Yeah. Well, I don't know him, know him, but I know of him. Okay. So he was most recently uh, worked. At, well, he's worked at Salesforce for a while. Yeah, he worked at Heroku for I want to say a year or two, something like that. And then he moved over and was doing like he's basically in charge of like open the open source program at Salesforce. Not really. I didn't, never really get a chance to talk to him about like what actually that was. Well, I did, but briefly. Um, but something about how you know how Salesforce uses open source, how they contribute to open source, just like their whole strategy around open source. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw just on Twitter that he. Um, he now uh, announced that he's a, I don't know what you call it, evangelist or whatever, whatever the word is nowadays, uh, at Google Cloud Platform, GCP. Oh, wow. Yep. So congratulations, James. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, that, that makes sense. I mean, he, you know, I've, I've, ever, since I've known him, he's always, I mean, going back to like what he used to work at Adobe, he was a Flash and Flex evangelist. And he's had this kind of same type of job. That, in fact, I think the um, the open source program manager was the most different of those. It was a little bit different than the other roles, but mm-hmm. I think he's back doing you know the evangelist stuff for GCP this time, which is kind of exciting. I mean, GCP is uh, I don't have much experience with it. I mean, I toyed with it. And I, I've always followed the news, and I've actually followed a couple of the Google developer podcasts mm-hmm. that are run by people that work at GCP. Um, it's really fascinating. I mean, they're doing really, really interesting stuff, and in, and in certain areas, I think they're you know beating the pants off of some of the other ones. I mean, because you know the the three main clouds, right? Azure, AWS, and GCP. At least yeah. in my my in my mind, um, they've they've each got different things they're kind of strong at, and GCP has definitely got got some they're they're strong at. So um, yeah. Uh, let's see. We have the um, the new. I guess I guess they come out with this every the beginning of every year. But the new TOB uh, programming language popularity index. Oh, is that out? Yeah, I didn't think it was out for another couple of weeks. That was like February. I, I never know when it comes out until like I see it in the news. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about. There's this 
There's this meaningless <laughs> programming r- language ranking thing. It's always fun to see where where Apex falls or does not fall. So there was one language that just shot up. Would you like to take a guess at what it was? One language that just shot up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know what it is, but I don't remember what it's called. That's my out. Mm, yeah, I think you're probably not right because I know you know what this is called. So it was Python. Okay, yeah, no, I'm right. All right. Yeah, it's up. <clears throat> It's up more than any other language at 3.6%. You know what it was up almost as much? Probably came in second place in terms of change. VisualBasic.net up 3.2% to the number five spot. Why is that? I have no idea. You know, it's funny because I, 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 I don't disagree oh, with the popularity of Python because a lot of these coding... You know who I just sounded like there? Who? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> I don't have no wow. idea. But a lot of these uh, these kid coding schools have been focusing on Python. Well, it's it's been a learning language for forever. Um, I got a buddy who lives in California that I've known for like, gosh, at least ten years, and he um, he's always involved in teaching kids. He's like these programs to teach kids. I mean, he's doing that before that was like the thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, he's always had kind of had a passion for teaching kids how to program, and he's I think he's always I think he's always used Python for that. Um, but you know, universities that's been like one of the main learning languages, and uh, like the main like when you go through a CS program, like you know, Python is one of the one of the leading languages to. I just I just thought it got kind of shoved learn. shoved to the side with JavaScript. Being well, so, now the so reason prevalent. shooting I mean the reason shooting up so much is because it's a pretty good it's popular with statisticians and these machine learning people. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really shot up. Um, this also surprises me. I, I just, I don't, maybe it shouldn't surprise me, but um, Java up two point seven percent. I mean, it's it's number one. It was number one last year, but still number one. And if you look, I was looking at the it's it's you know time series of of Java, and it was you know for the past you know I would say five years, it kind of you know had been dipping down a little bit. I mean, still is number still is number one or probably close to the top. Mm-hmm. But in the past couple of years, it's it's Really jump back up, but I think that's because starting with what was it, Java eight, when they introduced like you know decent lambdas and the whole um, this, the, the new collection framework to support um, streaming. Sorry, the streaming framework. Not and not, I don't mean like IO streams, but like event streaming, almost like reactive style programming. Mm-hmm. It was really started with that, and then also the fact that the Java is now. I mean, I mean, in the past, like you'd go years without a new major Java release. They were just, they took forever for some, whatever reason. And now they're doing that every six months. They're, it's on a, you know, a release tr- schedule every hmm. six months. And to the fact that like, to the point that like I've got, I feel like relatively new projects that are still on Java 8 and the current Java that's out right now is like 11. It's like, wow, <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> um, so yeah, just like, you know, it's, it's got a breath of life and, has, and is one of the big increases. That's, that's not a good thing for me to hear. I'm a .NET guy and not, not a Java guy. JavaScript down uh, 0.16%. It's still at the same position, number six. I wouldn't mind seeing JavaScript taken down a peg or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? What are the interesting movers? I mean, so at the top, you got, you know, you got Java and then C, still number two, then Python, then C++. Where's my you beloved C sharp? You know, if, if you combine C and C++, they would be number one. That's where C sharp number one. C sharp is you want to guess? Make it fun. Eight, seven. Really oh. close. That was good. Guess what's eight? Uh, go PHP. Ah, uh, 
It's it's funny because all these non-sexy languages are the ones that are that are up at the top. I mean, Objective C is number ten. Wow, that's that just goes to show you how dominant iOS or is. Swift. Uh, fifteen. Hmm. Uh, Pearl still hanging there at thirteen. Where's Apex? You know, they're not. In the, it's, oh wait, wow, forty-three. Is it Apex or Apex? <laughs> there's yeah, another Apex. Apex. There's it's another... Oracle. Oracle has an Apex. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming it's um, Salesforce's. I mean, Salesforce, Apex has got to show up nowadays, right? I mean, there's, you know, after all, we have, what is it, 8 million developers now on the platform? Yeah, but we're all doing Lightning that, JavaScript that components. Is, magically, that is more than developers than there are in the entire country. But we're, they're all doing <laughs> Lightning JavaScript components, so. Yeah, that's true. They're not doing Oh, this, a, the, the ABAP or ABAP, ABAP, whatever this, the SAP language, uh-huh. that's number 27 still. That's crazy. So yeah, far more ABAP programmers than you do Apex programmers. I guess, I don't know, I forget how big it, SAP is. They're pretty giant. Hey, yeah. Groovy21. Um, I wonder if that's up or down. It doesn't say. Yeah. Anyway. That's fun. What else? What is it? Oh, C is... Gosh. Wow. So, you know, I said that Java had has had a kind of a renaissance. Actually, since about... Looks like about halfway through 2017. Mm-hmm. Really, it changed direction. It started going up. So did C. And C is up big time from 2017. It's got to be got to be optimization for machine machine learning or IoT devices. Boom! There you go. It's IoT for for efficient IoT. There's there's a flavor of IoT. It's not efficient. It's it's the fact that you know you're dealing with a device, a a computing device that's like the size of you know a a tenth of your fingernail, and and the only thing they can run is they can't they can't run a managed language or managed you know virtual machine or anything like that. It's it's some of them can. It's low level. Well, I'm talking about the ones that are. Severely resource constrained. Yeah, yeah, those definitely. But yeah, there's there's some there's some larger appliance stuff that I think are probably even running Docker with. Some. <laughs> I think there is a I think there is a tool that lets you kind of flash and manage Docker IoT devices. I I, I think I heard it on a podcast some time ago. I meant to look yeah. into it. What do we do? We want to get in? I know I'm just I'm I'm dominating. So <clears throat> that's fine. You can dominate. I'm gonna sit here. And well, I don't I don't want to I don't want to dominate. I want this to be an equal. I want John. I want equal rights you on want the to, show. This is an equal rights show. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, we do. We have some. I do want to get to the reviews. And well, let's do, do those. To... Let's do reviews, and then um, I don't. I don't have anything else that's like burning a hole in my face. Well, let's talk about this topic, and I want to keep it completely anonymous because it's such a rumor mill topic, and I don't. I just want to get your thoughts on it. But it's this this idea that, and we've kind of talked about this before on numerous occasions. The fact that you're in Salesforce's playground, they can move your cheese whenever they want. Sure. Oh, and they, and they will. They will. I mean, they're a, they're a they're a for profit company, and they're all about their shareholders, regardless of what they say. Uh, 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 yep. Stakeholders. No, I'm no, I mean shareholders. No, nope. stakeholders. Stick with the message. Well, there's what they say, and then, and then there's their actions, <laughs> and they're always going to do what's best for their shareholders. And when you see them moving the cheese all the time and ch- and screwing with partners and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, this is not this is nothing unique to Salesforce. It's just companies are always going to change their. They have a partner program. It's always going to be shifted around and moved around to to optimize the performance of the company. Yeah, that's their job. Yeah, it, it would be fiduciarily irresponsible for them not to do that. They have to do that. And I think as a partner, you you kind of have to set yourself up as a differentiator or at least provide a certain high level value add that that makes it hard for lower level partners to compete with you or even Salesforce themselves to compete with you. Oh, I know what you're gonna talk about. 
This email we got about this, right? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, it's such a rumor thing. I want to keep it all in honest, even what though. What do you want to read? I mean, or just like, I guess, paraphrase or. Yeah, I'll paraphrase summarize. it. Yeah, I think paraphrase is the safest, safest thing to do because it really is a rumor. So I don't want to, I don't want anybody to think this is a real thing or not, but we don't know. Uh, but it's the idea that, that Salesforce is looking to provide free implementation services or at least bring more of the implementations in house to their, to their internal PS team. Yeah. And when, and when I read that, I mean, my first thought was, first of all, there's no way Salesforce can do that. They already have 30,000 employees and professional services is a small part of the bit. It's like 5% or less, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, why would they want to go and hire another thirty or $50,000 employee of employees and take a bunch of implementation business? They don't want to be in that business. It's right? not even, as I've said many times, partner business, it's not, it's not a good business to be in. Consulting is not a good business. <laughs> uh, the ISV, so the ISV is different. Consulting. ISV is a little different. Because um, I always think about, like, I always want to create residual income and be able to, like, leverage your investment. And with consulting, you're not, if you're doing, doing like, you know, um, not like building products or whatever that, mm-hmm. that you're selling your intellectual property. If you're just like, you're essentially, you know, billing by the hour consulting, I mean, you're, you're not leveraging anything. No, but there's a lot of value in selling services, and I, that's just that's just the service business agree, model in general. I agree, but you don't get to up your rate from two hundred dollars an hour to two thousand dollars an hour because you get good at something. Whereas that kind of that kind of scale can happen in the product space. If you if you build good intellectual property and le- and, and are able to leverage it, you can, yeah, you can make that kind of money. Oh, you mean like Salesforce year of year yes, profit? Exactly. I mean, Salesforce charges you know one hundred fifty or one hundred fifty <laughs> bucks per you know basically two thousand bucks per user per year. That's insane, considering that it you know it operationally it costs them probably pennies to actually support each individual user. If you did the math, you know, um, obviously they're all, most of their money goes into selling and marketing. That's what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You know, your two thousand dollars a year per user. I mean, I don't know, fifteen hundred. That's going to parties. Basically, and 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 stakes, and you know we know we know the drill, right? So you're saying when we when we go to a Salesforce event, we better eat up and drink up so we can get our money's you know, worth. I mean, again, like out of that two thousand dollars, maybe maybe five hundred up, three hundred of it goes to like actual development on the product, and that's just the way that's business. Again, that's business. It takes costs a lot of money to sell these things in this subscription business, which is still kind of a new thing. The SaaS model, you know, it's just like we're seeing how that model shakes out. It still seems to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, I get how residual, those kind of residuals help to kind of allow you to breathe as a company. And, and even in the services industry, companies do offer something similar with some kind of service plan or, or kind of something along those lines. But yeah, so I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you that I have had some interaction with a customer who did get some free stuff from Salesforce. Um, it was actually a free Pardot implementation. Wow. It was, but it was very basic. Yeah, it was like it was like they'll the, configure, <laughs> they'll stand it up, they'll configure it with a few things, nothing too advanced. Right. And it's on these, top what of they it, call them? igniter. They had a couple of different programs, like accelerator, it was, it was or a, igniter, or something. It was like either that. an accelerator or igniter, one yeah. of those two. Um, but it was it wasn't even serviced by Salesforce yeah. internally. It was it was basically a partner, and the partner would contract yeah. to, to provide this service they, for they Salesforce. They don't want to. I don't. I, I truly believe that. Um, Salesforce does not want, they do not want to get in that business. No, but if they they could get away with it, they would not have a PS group. No, but I think there is a a value, a, how how can I say this? There is a reason to try to do this. And that is the fact that a customer will buy Salesforce. They're already paying for the licenses. And by the time they get to a partner and a partner starts going through the motions of discovery, 
and requirements gathering. Well, that's all that's discovery. We'll just say discovery. It's months and they haven't done anything with Salesforce and they're paying for it. So I can see how this type of solution saying, hey, buy it, we'll get it set up. If you need more, you can go to a partner and they'll help you expand on this thing more. Um, but the fact that you can, that, that it'll get implemented and stood up and usable day one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that could be a way to help them through the sales cycle. Those are almost like promotional things. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get deals sold is why, yeah. they, that's why they do that. That's, that's really the only reason why they do that. So, yeah, and the, the, the guy that posted that, it just sounded real paranoid and insecure kind of type of thing. I'm just like, uh. well, I, I, well, it, it didn't, didn't really go anywhere. Either. That got shut down pretty quickly. I mean, not the Salesforce. They didn't shut it down. They just actually responded with, like, the facts of the matter, and it's actually turns out it's not a big deal. It's not a, you know, it's nothing to worry about if you're a partner. Yeah. I mean, Salesforce is still growing fast. I mean, what you got to worry about is when the growth stops because that's when these companies historically have start they st- keeping – service deals. Mm. So I don't think we're, we're there. But anyway, you know, it's, it's also it was pointed up and pointed out in the chat room here that or in the, the live channel of our Slack. But the way you scale consulting business is just like you scale up, you have more people. That's how you make more money, which I guess. But, you know, I, I got in a little bit of a Twitter uh, discussion the other day, which is, by the way, never a good thing. No. <laughs> it, it, it was, it's, it stayed uh, very um, civil though. But it's basically, you know, I made the comment that, you know, consulting is just not a good business. And someone popped in and said, well, I mean, you know, Accenture would beg to differ with that. They're doing like $80 billion a year all over the world or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at that. Let's, let's break that, that down. Salesforce has about $500,000 in revenue per employee. Okay. Accenture, who, hire, who certainly employs lots of people that I know that make well into the six figures, multiple six figures. Um, but on average, Accenture uh, earns about, not, I don't say earn, they have revenue, the revenue just like, is eighty about eighty thousand dollars per employee? Yeah, they do. Like I think it's a uh, forty mil forty billion dollars a year in revenue, but they have like a half a million employees. Mm. It, it's just not impressive. It's just not that valuable of a business. And I say that as someone in that business. I mean, you can make money, you can do well, and I'm not saying you can't. I, right. And but I but I do actually I believe that quality consulting doesn't scale. So like it's not my goal to try to. Um, to try to scale up a consulting business, something really big that I can become like a millionaire on. I mean, well, actually, I'll take that back. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I want to do that. <laughs> but, um, what, well, how else are you going to get to the Galapagos? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Galapagos Islands. <laughs> just swim with the turtles if you don't do that, Jerry. Yeah. But it's just, it's hard. I've always said this, and I've been saying it for, I think, 20 years now since I've been in this this type of business and kind of in and out. But it's just, you, you can't really scale quality consulting because it's so people dependent. But tell me it isn't a drug that you can't quit. It's an, it's an easy business to be in. It's not an easy business to be good at because very few are good at it. And it's actually hard to be good. Yeah. And, it, the, and it, it always boils down to, I don't, I don't want to care. I don't care about your amazing process that you think you have or your unique IP on your implementation process or, or how you, you know, you're some BS about adoption or whatever. It just comes down to, you've got to have good people. If you want to, if you want to have like, if you want to deliver the most value for your clients, you've got to have the best people. The yeah. best people turns out are expensive, which means you have to charge higher rates. Which means you have to have clients. You have to find clients who understand why your rates higher and know that it's such a good value and are willing to pay it. So, yeah. and this is all everything I just said. Every single one of those is hard. It's hard to find the right people. It's hard to. It's hard to. Uh, to to get them to come work for you. It's hard to have enough money to pay them what their what they're what they're due you know what they what they can earn it's hard it's hard to send it's 
it's hard to send that message and uh, of why you people should pay your rates, which may be higher than the, the shop down the road. This is all hard. Um, but it, it's and it's a long term process. It, you know, it's just like reputation building and and just being consistent. And it's you can't do it fast. And these I see these I've seen it so many times. These consulting companies that scale up fast, it, they just blow up. I mean, yeah, they're they're doing a lot of projects and they got a lot of revenue. And they're helping Salesforce sell licenses, which, by the way, is one of the most. If, if you're talking about Salesforce consulting, like mm-hmm. that's kind of what Salesforce cares about the most, <laughs> right? Um, but man, they're just they're slinging shit. It's just so bad. You know, we've seen this. I mean, you know, I've both seen this firsthand on that's not, numerous that, occasions. That's not just consulting, though. That's just service-oriented businesses in general. I mean, how many times have you gone yeah. to a client? I, who, I'm, only, I'm just talking. I can only talk from my own experience, which is probably why I'm talking about. You know, consulting. Yeah. I would probably, I'm sure that I'm sure these same like principles or whatever concepts apply to lots of things. Well, I mean, good people matter. I mean, it, I've been into countless clients, and I mean, but do I need good people to mow my lawn? You know? Yes. Okay. There's a reason you mow your own lawn with a real mower that shoots poop yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Projectile <laughs> poops everywhere. <laughs> Because you care about your lawn and how it's cut. I've, I I've I had I years. had to accept the fact that that my lawn guys are going to go from my yard to my neighbor's yard who does not pay for weed that's, services. That's all the weed seeds. So yeah. all their weed yeah. seeds come back, no, back I, I to mine. I did the same thing now. In fact, even though we use the same service, we got them to come at different days. So at least we're not getting that fresh cut of all their weeds. But yes, it does matter. Right, John. Third beer of the show by Great Notion Brewing. I believe they're in Portland. This is double dry hopped IPA featuring Motueka hops, which is a uh, like a New Zealand hop. <clears throat> and this beer is, I believe, it's called Momo. Mm. Well, I yeah, I just want to finish my point in saying that good people matter. Um, it doesn't matter how great or elegant your process is; it takes really talented people, really people who care about what they're doing or care about the end result to make it work. I've been to plenty of clients who are running their business off Excel. And they're successful, and they're making money. They have a lot of pain points, and they think systems like Salesforce will solve it for them. But the fact of the matter is, the fact that they're able to afford Salesforce is because all of those good people that help their business grow. Yeah, and if you can, I mean, right, it's $2,000 a year for a, a license for one person you Salesforce seems expensive, but if, you're, if that provides you leverage for that person's time, it can, it can be yeah. a, very, a very good trade-off. Anyway, all right. Well, I didn't really mean to get into that topic. I don't even know how we did that. Um, you want to get to um, – well, do we? Do you want to do reviews real quick? Sure. Okay, let's do those, and then we'll, <clears throat> we will review our, our our predictions from a year ago. Oh, say the best for last, huh? Yep. yep. Uh, what's our time? Uh, we're in here at about hour and 10 minutes. Hour like 15. That. Hour 15. Yep. I forgot I can have the power now. To you do that. have the power. You have a timer. <laughs> I have the timer. Our reviews, uh, we got two of them, so thank you. Damn, uh, this wow. was back in December, so it's a Christmas let's, gift. Let's, right let's there. keep it going. Yeah. Let's, let's get some reviews. <laughs> uh, All right, these are these are both five star reviews, Jeremy. By the oh, way, oh, good. The the only the only that's by the way the only type we accept. All, all, I don't all know. Others are rejected. I don't know. I like I like the bad ones because then you get all sad and you mope I think about them. I think we've still only gotten one bad one. And and the thing that the, the reason that one hurt a little bit because it was I think it was sincere. They, that person even wrote us back later. I don't think we ever responded to them. I actually kind of feel bad about that because they they sent us a thoughtful response after we talked about it on the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, but yeah, we 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 well, that's our, our filtering system failed to kick that one out of the system. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got that fixed, didn't you? That's did. part of that service you pay for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I got to get us on that new system. Damn it. <laughs> I was supposed to do that while I was off, but right. I got sick. Anyways, excuses, excuses. Uh, so first review, uh, title is Love These Guys. 
Uh, if this is from Bastion, 1987. It says, this is my favorite podcast on iTunes, period. Wow, I like that. Uh, unless we're the only podcast well, you listen to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I go around telling my son, you're my favorite son. I go around yeah. telling my daughter, you're my favorite daughter. And I'm glad I only have one of each because then I could say that. Yeah, I, I've never I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> oh, you can't, say, you can't say that to your kids. Can't say No, but I can say, I can tell Graham he's my favorite big boy. Oh. Or you could say he's, he's your favorite Graham. Well, that's kind of yeah. lame, right? Yeah, it's uncle jokes. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, said, so this is my favorite podcast on iTunes, period. How, uh, how they can make a somewhat dull topic, parentheses, <laughs> Salesforce dev, and make it interesting and funny and create excitement for me to listen is absolutely amazing in my opinion. Hmm. These guys could have a great thing here. We just need to share it as fans. Thank you for taking the time to do this, Jeremy and John. Well, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate that, it. that's very nice. That is, that's, uh, I'm, I'm flattered. Is that the right word? I, I feel like I am. Yeah. Turns a little that's red. good. And I totally agree with Bastion17 or whatever their name was. Um, you've got to share this with your friends. With, with people who you think would uh, would get it, would understand it. Or maybe who need to be nudged a little bit. Like they're kind of like, I think they might get it, but they need to be, they need to be woke, w- awoken. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to show them the Wait, pot- is it is it awoken or is it now woke? They need to be woke. It's woke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even with the lingo. I've been annoying my, I found the greatest thing. I randomly said IRL to my daughter. And it, she knew it, what you meant, right? She knew what I meant, oh, yeah. but she knew, and she was annoyed by it because she knew I was trying to be cool. Oh. And when I found out it annoyed her, I have been saying IRL for like the last oh, nice. few weeks and annoying the hell out of her. It's it's been fun. She hates me, but you should start sending her <laughs> lots of texts with lots of different. Emojis I've just been ending every sentence with IRL. Communicate like with we're, her. We're gonna go to the store, IRL. We're yeah, <laughs> it's oh, time for yeah. bed, IRL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been fun. All right, uh, uh, let's go to this next one. Uh, titled the, Pers- the perspective i need plus fun uh, this is from shane cloud uh, it says i usually learn something about the platform a problem i'll hit eventually how the company i work for salesforce is perceived or something that needs solving honest feedback is good the slack group is great haven't tried this new live thing they started doing but one of these days it could happen works as a good replacement for the very occasional code coverage podcast also makes me want beer yeah we want more code coverage guys i know you guys listen yeah no, I, that's I would say code coverage is like my favorite Salesforce podcast. Yeah. Um, that's good. So this is a Salesforce employee. Is that what they said? I, yeah. They're my employer uh-huh. Salesforce. So we do have, uh, we got quite a few Salesforce employees uh, uh, just based on anecdotally seeing them in the Slack and stuff. Yeah. They chime in to make sure we're not. Right. Oh, there's still, there's still one person in particular that, that feels that we get a lot of things wrong. And I, I, I think they actually offered to come on, but I, 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 I need to follow up with them and take them up on that. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah, no, just, I'm sure I got a ton of things wrong. I have no doubt about that. Let, let's yeah. let's let's just kind of clear the air yeah. here. We're just a couple of guys sitting here yeah, drinking I mean, a beer and having a conversation. Exactly. We're, right. we're not pretending to be subject matter yeah. experts that know everything in and out of yeah, the platform. I mean, we're just sharing our experiences. Right. My thoughts and opinions and everything are colored by my own experiences, the thing yeah. you know, and my path through life. And it's I'm sure you know, I'm sure I get a lot of things wrong. Anyway, well, thank you. I love it that we got two reviews. All right, we're ready to do um, predictions, John. Let's do them. I'm afraid VLC is going to roll through right through one file to the next one, but I'll try to stop it. Okay, here's the first one. Oops. Oh, no, hang on. That's a wrong it. audio device. Let's see if I can switch this live. 2018, that Apex will get namespaces. 
<laughs> I, think, I think this could be the year, 2018, that Apex will get namespaces. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. And maybe and, at the very last minute. And this I'll say, time next year. I'll maybe. say and or other significant improvements. More than just a switch statement. I think I think namespaces are too big to tackle. The 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 flip side of that coin is I don't think we're going to see any meaningful improvements to deployments or the metadata API. Oh, you're wrong. I was wrong? You think so? Well, we got DX. Yeah, I just don't think they're ready for that. I think no, we already had DX. there's just so we got a better much DX, legacy an evolved DX. and cruft around how that works. I, you know, I don't know. I, I see... I'd love to be wrong. Don't get, you know, get me wrong. I, I want to <laughs> think that you're wrong because I, I see so much attention being put into these new APIs and I think that's driving... Um, as they're touching those APIs, it's driving the changes to the metadata. Well, and I think the packaging, the packaging initiatives are going to push, put a lot of pressure on that metadata API. I mean, it, it really, I mean, the, it needs a, and I, I hate to use this term, but it need it needs a, and it's a complete overall a, a paradigm shift, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are we allowed to comment now? Yeah. So obviously, I got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we have no namespaces. Uh, I, I don't know. I always have hope. I've got the like the hope of a. Of I don't. An I don't child. think you'll ever get namespaces. I don't either. I just don't think they can do it. I think the the the, the cake is baked, John. The cake is baked. That's it is. It would be nice, but uh, I don't. I don't we're think not, we're going to be changing the ingredients now. So is that our 2019 prediction? No namespaces this year. <laughs> no, I've, I've got to keep predicting. I predict we are going to get namespaces. I predict we're either not. that or we're going to get the ability to like deploy like you know JavaScript or Java or uh, Java or something into. Oh no, 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 no I don't no. know. No, no, now, no, that's something they've been seriously thinking of. That, I think they would have to. No, I don't think it's. Going I to think happen. I think we'll get one of those two things before we'll get name Apex namespaces. I yeah, not this year, I but I think I think that would come before that. Speaking of, I still I still want to have uh, Chris Peterson on the show sometime. I don't know if he'd. I don't know if he's interested or not, but. Why is he going to ask, ask him about namespaces? Yes, that's the only reason. <laughs> Send him the agenda. Just it says namespaces. Yeah. No, I just think it would be fun to shoot the shoot the stuff with him. I think so. Yeah. We should we should try right. for that. Okay. Here we go. Prediction number two. Bitcoin or blockchain. Where's all where's all that going? Nowhere. I think I think it's going to be seen for the hype and it's going to crash. Oh, yes. see, I don't know. I was right. I was right. I was right. I was right. Yeah. Well. Yes. I don't know. Not only is it just crashing from a hype perspective, but it's crashing from a from a practical perspective. I, I disagree. I mean, they're they're actually blockchain is starting to be. I mean, Salesforce um, is fighting spam using blockchain. It, no, it it yes. doesn't fight. I, we talked about that. It doesn't fight spam. You, you, it's a it's a technology um, that can be used, that can be applied to many different purposes. Yes, it can be it can be used to track and trace where it was coming and where it was going, so you can validate it. But it doesn't stop spam. <laughs> if you, it just it <laughs> it's just a way to validate that your message is coming from where it came hear, from. Hear that, Benioff. John says that this this company you just bought that fights spam with blockchain it doesn't it doesn't work. You so go ahead and just sell that company before people before the rest of the world finds out that it's worthless. All right, let's take a different approach. Someone educate me on that and let me know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, okay, because that right. that's my perspective on it. Here's number three, and it says it's only three seconds, so I'm not even sure if this is going to work. And I think chatbots are going to flame out. There we go. All yeah. right, um, I got a prediction. I think chatbots are going to flame out. And yeah. where's my bell? That totally was true. Yeah, they totally flamed out. I've heard past few months a lot of talk about just reflecting on people like, oh yeah, chatbots. Boy, those didn't go anywhere. I mean, certainly didn't live up to the hype. And yeah, I mean, they still exist in some form or fashion, but it's it's certainly not the revolutionary technology that people thought it was going to be or right. were trying to claim it was going to be. 
I don't know why VLC does this. There, it's, it's some kind of, um, maybe it's because we have this Firewire or Thunderbolt, whatever the hell this is. Um, but when I use VLC to play these things, any audio, a lot of times it, it takes a two or three seconds before mm. we actually start hearing it. It's like playing. And so we miss that first. That's why I have to keep rewinding it to the beginning. Anyway, let me try this. Uh, well, I, th- I, think it, I think along those Number lines, four. I think we're going to see a continued hype. I don't think it's going to come down. And in fact, I think it's going to get worse of uh, machine learning and AI. I think that's going to continue to just kind of be overhyped in your face about what it can do and what it means and the impact it's going to have in yeah. society. I mean, it, I, just, I just think it's going to continue. I- yeah, I'd say that's, yep. that's still yeah. a fair. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Continues to be overhyped. Yep. All right, <clears throat> number five. IoT. I do, however, think that IoT is going to continue to decline in, in terms of popularity. Um, I think IoT was overblown. Yeah. I think IoT was overblown in terms of what, how, cus- you know, how, how companies were going to be able to wield it and get value from it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a valuable thing. It's just... It's one of those things that I think people were like, oh, we, let's get IoT. We got to get IoT. And then someone asked, well, why do we need IoT? How's it going to help us? I don't know. Just get IoT. Yeah. What do we, who, can we buy Salesforce some IoT? Okay, let's buy that. Buy that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my, my perspective has split because I think from a consumer perspective, IoT definitely has died down and is not much of a thing. Really? I guess, I mean, even like, I'm, I've been talking to like, you know, uh, um, I would say, how do you, what's the nice way to say this? Like people in the senior citizen category who are getting all into like, you know, home automation, IoT stuff, door things automatically locking unlock your door and like the the outlets and all this stuff. So, I mean, those are kind of IoT. But it's, see, it's, all those it's IoT home- because those are all private on your private network. They're not, IoT, I think, mainly refers to things like that have public IP addresses that are out there floating around in the world, you know, like on no, I think container it's, ships and I think in trucks and all that any stuff. Any device that can connect to a network, I mean, it's got an IP, it's an IoT. Oh, that's a that's a nice. But it's not the internet of it's not the internet. It's not the internet of things. It's your own private network of things. I don't know. IPs are internet. Anyways, I I think you're right. I mean, it's just the the home surveillance thing is probably the only thing that's caught on in terms of home. And even then, it's it's like it's like a upper middle class thing. You know, not everyone's going to spend five hundred bucks on a home surveillance system. But I, I think where IoT really has traction and has some value is is definitely in some of the things you mentioned. Is is companies that are have, have these container trucks or companies that have these vending machines that they need to monitor and find out when they need to refill them and all those kind of things. That's the, that seems to be a thing that's really valuable. Hey, man, the Doritos are low. You better go go fill them up. Yeah, <laughs> make that money. Or the uh, no, it's the it's the it's the Coke Coca Cola cooler that can see oh, Einstein yeah. can see. But we also got to pay attention <laughs> to other markets too. Like in Japan, they they are all about their vending machines. They have vending. Tons oh, and yeah, tons no, of vending machines. They got the sushi vending machines. And, and I found like, something out that I didn't know. Have you seen the pizza vending machine that makes that literally real time <laughs> flattens a dough of pizza onto into a, into a or flattens a r- ball of dough into a piece of pizza or into a not a pizza sorry a round you know pizza dough the and then it squirts the tomato sauce on and drops <laughs> the cheese on. <laughs> You're never gonna make it on Food Network. Just squirt the pizza sauce yeah. on the pizza. Yep. <laughs> No, but I, I found something out recently that that those machines are actually uh, not only they're connected to the internet, but if you tamper with them, it'll actually auto dial the police, and the police <laughs> will come to that location. Tampering with the uh, vending machine, yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, let's go on to number six. But I, I think Salesforce is going to continue to turn, uh, and this is not not a difficult prediction to make, but I think they're going to continue to use the term AI mm-hmm. to sell 
all of their every product they have. Uh, close. Or, well, really Einstein, but it's a safe bet we'll get another rebranding at least in and, and John, my point is though, whether or not it's actually got actual AI or not, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're going to call it AI, they're going to call it Einstein, and that's that's their, it's a sales tool. It's a sales tool. Yeah. I was going to say you're am half I, right. right about it's it's going to be right? Einstein, then okay. you clarified it and it was like, it was Einstein. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. let's move on. Number seven. Good chance Salesforce is going to get in your business next year if they haven't already, because they're going to continue the vertical. I don't even have that as my list, but it should have been. The vertical thing is is on like Donkey Kong because oh yeah they've got to continue this growth rate yeah and they're not gonna they're not gonna get they're not gonna be out to be able to do that by selling more CRM or marketing software it's gonna be guy by verticals mm-hmm. yep and you're you're seeing that yeah. so I I'd agree with that prediction yeah agreed yeah. yeah I agree I'm saying in, in fact talking about partners and not relying on quick starts and all that kind of stuff more and more are transitioning from that type of thing to verticals and they're they're concentrating on some kind of vertical financial services insurance. Uh, By the way, one servicing. of the um, one of the ISV products that I helped uh, build was a was a wealth management vertical in the wealth management vertical, and yeah, Salesforce has gotten all up in their space. Mm-hmm. They're still around though. Yeah, it's just one of those things. All right, number eight. But my final thing on Docker was, I think they blew their opportunity, so I think they're going to get devalued to the point that they're going to be a big takeover target and someone's going to buy them. Didn't happen. Was, but I think they blew their opportunity. Sorry. I think that could happen this year, though. Yeah, why haven't they been bought? It just seems like, I don't know. I, I mean, all the innovation is happening around Docker, not within Docker. Like all that, the Docker ecosystem. Yeah, that's true. But not. I, I just, for some reason, in my head, I'm thinking Amazon, Kubernetes, and K Native, and all this stuff, and, and Mesos, and all these. Uh, what, what what's Red Hat's Open sh- uh, Redshift? No, Open. What's the Red Hat's uh, whole container orchestration thing? Anyway, it's basically a packaging of Kubernetes, whatever it's called. I think it's OpenShift. Um, yeah, that's where all this innovation's happening. I mean, I'm not saying Docker's not innovating, but it's hard. I think it's hard to monetize where they're innovating. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I have it in my head that Amazon's going to going to acquire them. Um, yeah, well, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Just for the portfolio. Yeah. To beef it up. All right, number nine. Uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that I believe that at some point next year, Benioff may transition his role into just full-on chairman and and yeah. elevate someone to the CEO I can see position. That. I think I've said that. You know, I can see him being executive chairman and letting uh, Keith yeah. be the CEO. We're, so I think, I think we're half right. That's half right. I mean... He did elevate someone to be CEO, but it's it's co-CEO along with him. He couldn't let go. He couldn't let go completely. <laughs> <laughs> we were close. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. that was good. That was uh, that was fairly what's the word for that? Insightful of us, John. I know. All right. Number eleven. I think you know, um Ten. another thing. This uh, you know, the function as a service. I I think that's gonna be I think that'll have a breakout year. If it if it did in two thousand seventeen, it definitely will in two thousand eighteen. The what? I feel like I'm right about that. Fun- just functions as a service. I don't know what functions like as a Amazon service. Like Amazon Lambda, um, Azure functions as you know, oh, okay. services. I okay. mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, that seems like... I'm not sure it's lived up to the the hype it had a year ago, but it's... Yeah, I don't know. I, I would, I'm going to give myself half credit on that. Okay. I won't argue. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven. You know, there's been a ton of hype around microservices, and everyone has seemingly been trying to, you know, to migrate their 
their code base to microservices. Let's split this up and make turn everything into microservices. And I think what's going to happen is people, and it's already started to happen, so this is also not a tough prediction, but people are realizing that that's, microservices are actually, a, they're a good fit for a, I think, a relatively small minority of applications. Yeah. I, I was going to say that I, when I started thinking about microservices and trying to understand them, I was, I was, I liked the idea of them, but then I, I saw all the problems with cross communication across those services and the chatter between them. And I'm like, holy crap, how do you orchestrate this? Right. Because it's all, essentially it's all, for the most part, all, it's all HTTP between these different services. Yeah. And so you have to like model out all that latency. Yeah. It's just, it's a completely different way to manage uh, services. And it, and I think if you're going full on microservice spec, your data store is also separate is it not well they're supposed to so, be able to run independently yeah well typically like you know each every every microservice that makes up your application could potentially <laughs> have its own data store it's responsible so you can't for, even rely on a single hub of data no, anymore no. so i'm like oh this is crazy something we're going to happen is right now i feel like in 2017 people were embarrassed to say they still built a monolith application i feel like that's going to be back into the okay to do column mm. It's okay to have a monolith application. <laughs> a lot of applications should be monolith, monolithic applications. Yeah. I think, monolithic. So I think I, I think I've nailed that. I think so too. It was a year ago. It was it was kind of embarrassing to be building a monolith, and now it. it I think people have realized that a monolithic application, and for many applications, it's actually a very good fit. There's a lot of benefits to monolithic application. Lots yeah. of benefits, and there's a lot of pitfalls to micro to. Building an application out of microservices. Not and to if, say that if, microservices. And if you don't listen, if you, if you, you'll know it when you have a microservices problem. That, that, that's a problem that needs to be solved by microservices. <clears throat> I, I think the the pitfall is that if you have a single application that's dependent on many microservices. Now you have an application that leverages a microservice for a specific function. I think that's fine. But when you when you build an entire application and you say my application is built entirely of microservices, I think that's where the issue is going to come. Hmm. Okay. I, th- I think I mean microservices can be beneficial if it's servicing a specific function that can be used either optionally or or as and, needed. And you can scale the different parts of the system independently, right? Because it's hard to predict how you're going to need to scale those, right? But it, it's one of those things where you you kind of have to approach it with caution and respect that type of technology, and not just say I'm going to microservice microservice all the things. Yeah, I mean that's and clearly we kind of went through that phase, the hype phase. Of that, right, of that which cycle. was all the things, yeah. 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 And we are uh, successfully lecturing again, John. All right, last one, number 12. Continue uh, next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This trailhead thing is going to continue next year. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. trailhead's a good thing. <laughs> that, no, it, I don't mean as, as a concept. I mean as a name. Do you think they'll rebrand trailhead? I don't think so, because I think it's a good brand. I hope yeah. not. I think it's a good brand. Okay. I think it's a good name. It is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things you can play off of it, which they have. I mean, you go to every office and it's decorated like a campsite. Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they're obviously all in on and and that's what I'm saying. That Trailhead was a very big thing. Salesforce, very big thing. The, the Disneyland of, of CRM. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, John, um, that's where our predictions last year. Do you have any for the year uh, in front of us here? Yes. Okay. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution is a done deal. We're not going to hear it's about a dud. it. It's a dud. We're not going to hear about it. We're not going to hear about it. No. We, so may, this, we might this, hear it mentioned here and there, <laughs> but it won't be like, this is going to happen. We're, we have to prepare for it. Start saving your money, getting Bitcoin, whatever, because your job is gone. We're not, it's not. It's so not in, the, in the fawning CNBC interview, right, where 
Benioff went to the Galapagos and all that and talked about it. <laughs> um, he still talked about it. They still mentioned the Fourth Industrial Re- Revolution. Not a thing. Not going to be a Not thing. Not going to happen. No. I mean, mm. I mean, I think you, I like I said, we're in the transition period of it. And, you know, we still got to talk about it. But Have you read Klaus Schwab's book no. about Benioff's friend? No. Benioff's best friend? No. no? Not going to happen. Okay. Not a thing. All right. Well, any other predictions, John? That was, I don't know. We need some more. Uh, yeah. I think this, I think Lightning Web Components, even though I haven't even looked at it yet, is going to be big because it, <laughs> I can tell you it needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> if they're, if they're going to be competitive, <clears throat> you know, because the current Lightning is like, it's like, it's like the visual force of, of, um, of uh, single page applications. It's like, it feels <laughs> that, it's, it already feels that old. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited about the prospects of, of, uh, I don't want to say. Can I say? I can't even say that. No, you no. You literally can't say it. <laughs> I want to say LWC, but I could not get it out because I don't want to say Lightning Web Components. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it's a mouthful. I can't. You can, you can say it however you're most comfortable saying it. Where we will accept you at your level. No, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be something very valuable to get into and to learn and to move everything towards. Uh, the, what's going to suck is the fact that we have to start transitioning our stuff we're going to have a handful of stuff that's ah, old you think so i don't know if you have to transition i mean i think i think you know greenfield projects and new stuff you uh, know i don't think you're going to mix technologies yeah. if you have an no, you app or you're, yeah. you're you're part of an org yeah. you're going to want to transition yeah. it man i especially when you, when you look at the projects that i'm working on right now there's you you don't you don't do a ground up rewrite of these things no i'm telling LBC. you i'm telling you okay people who who relied on the 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 design system are already feeling the pain of relying on the design system because it's now there are many, there are plenty of app exchange applications installed today that the work. rendering yeah. is all screwed up because yeah. the at the time they had to use the design system because there wasn't a lightning component for it, and the rendering is completely screwed because they changed the markup yeah. for the for the design system yeah. and you can't mix design systems you can't mix you can't have the old version of the design system mixed in with the new version of the design system it's just one design system is that like crossing the streams you can't cross the streams. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Okay, so this, I just have to give, I have to say this, this this title probably can't be a title, but I have to give it honorable mention, Projectile Poops. <laughs> uh, maybe it can be a title, I don't know, but if it's not, I had, I had to at least mention it. Maybe not, the visuals alone. <laughs> now, were you in my house when I was mowing? And by the way, I don't people people probably don't know because this is such a, such, a, such a passing thing you said. But like my a real mower, so yeah. it's R E E L. So it's like right. the those. If you ever seen these like golf greens mowers, mm-hmm. they have a like, this little like long reel with all these knives across it, you know. And that's what I yeah I used to used to mow my lawn with until I had to start working. Yeah, it's equivalent to going out with a pair of scissors and cutting the grass. <laughs> kind of, it's it's, yeah. it's just like that. Because there's a long bar. Well, it's like the old timey. And then mowers. the reel those comes were, those in were real and mowers, it just kind of right? slices it. Yeah, the, the old timey, the old the push reel mowers. Oh, my, yeah. Mine was like you know the, the the you know a fully powered and and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but man, well my lawn it was it was nice. Yeah, in fact, you used to get the slate sharpened at a at a golf course. course. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to I'd have to so I could backlap it myself, um, which is like almost like a maintenance kind of sharpening. But when mm-hmm. I had to have like a new like um, kind of two angle edge two edges put back on it i, mm-hmm. I had to get yeah, to go to a golf course and it's funny because you know golf courses they don't sell that service you'd have to just like walk into the shop and like try to like chat up the the greenskeeper yes the greenskeeper yeah. and say hey you know but it's kind of funny because they would some of them would be like yeah we, can't, we just don't have time we can't do that but a lot of them are just like they think it's like they thought it was pretty cool that like you know i'm into this i'm doing this at home and you know slip them a 
I usually pay about a hundred bucks, so I'm a hundred, and they put it because they had to put up. You know, they have this like huge, like fifteen thousand dollar sharpener. They mm-hmm. would put it up on, and it takes takes probably thirty minutes to do it. So, you know, it's it's not it's not trivial. It's not trivial at all. No. Yeah, and you have to really know what you're doing. If not, you'll destroy your blade, your blades. I mean, mine had I think mine was like a nine blade. So yeah, you definitely want to know what you're doing. Right, wow, so this back, is, is back. you only on the Good Day Sir show do you get this kind <laughs> of information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, another prediction. Uh, everyone's going to – I don't think the, the conversion to lightning is going to be as big a deal. I, I, I know people are concerned about the fact that it, it's going to be lightning first in October. So everyone will be on lightning by October by default. Like even if you're on classic right now, you're just going to switch over to lightning. Oh, it's going to force over to lightning? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, they're trying to send out notices if you haven't gotten that already. Wow, I did. I, I think it's in the that. release notes that that's holy that's a thing. crap. They said they would never do that. I thought no, they're going to do it. You can, you'll still be able to access classic, but everything by default will be. Lightning. I mean, a lot of the stuff still only works in classic. I mean, you want to you want to what is it? Um, it's a year I, away. It's a, well, ten months away. God, was it, there was just something super basic the other day. I can't remember. Was it like editing opportunity stages or something like that? I can't remember. But like, you, you have to go. No, was that it? I can't remember. There's some like. Fairly basic setup thing. You have to go back into classic. Yeah, well, little iframe it in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> iframe. That's the. Oh, that's the. Why does uh, iframe sound like such a bad word? Why is iframing the solution that won't die? It won't, will it? it? It's just everything. The whole. Web, I cringe the whole every world. time I think of iframe, but it's such a valid solution. It's such. It works. It's um, like a clean slate. Clean slate within. Uh, Within a, a sea of maybe that's what maybe that's what web components will give us. It'll give us a kind of a browser approved iframe without an iframe. It's not an iframe, but it is, it is a it is a somewhat uh, sandbox cordon, cordoned off, you yeah. know, little thingy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we need. That's what we want. That's why we're using iframes the way we're using them. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. Or, good lord, the hidden iframe. I hate that. What do people do that? Use that for? For a lot of like uh, Ajax requests and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, that's if um like for things that don't support for, like that, that that's an old that's a technique that's like still, a fallback technique. Yeah, it's it's still a fallback, but yeah. 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 All right, John. What about I, you? I've given a couple. You haven't given I, any. I know I don't have anything prepared. I don't know my predictions. Um, mm. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, what about Salesforce financials? Because you're a big financial guy. What do you think they're going to do this year? <laughs> think they'll continue to 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 win it and beat it? Beat it and win it. <laughs> if you're beating it, you're winning it, right? <laughs> That's the way I feel. <laughs> yeah. um, I think they will. I mean, yeah. I, um, I mean, they, they've, you know, they're, I think they've got the, the ability to craft their financials how they want to. And so I'll think they'll do what they think they need to do. Because it may basically, you've got to keep in mind, mm-hmm. Salesforce, is, I don't want to say they're unique, but they're somewhat unique in this aspect. They basically have nine investors. These and so they're giant banks, but giant hedge funds, right? And I mean, Benioff has meetings with these. I mean, they have meetings with their essentially because these nine these nine guys mm-hmm. own ninety percent of the company, and so it's very easy. Like you know, remember when Mark wanted to buy uh, Twitter? It's like they these nine guys called a meeting with Benioff and said, uh, "No, we yeah. don't want you to buy Twitter." And guess what? He backed off, right? Well, guess what? They were right. It would I have mean, been. It know. would have been such yeah, a huge knows? distraction. I mean, I think so. Too, it would have been a big distraction. Right. But I don't have a crystal ball, so I have no idea. <clears throat> but um, I have another one. Well, I was gonna say. I mean, you know, I mean, Salesforce. They have enough. They have enough knobs and levers, enough resources now with with it with the financials and as big as they are, that I think they can get the numbers that that these nine guys are telling them to get. Hey, we need you to get this. If you get this, your stock price is going to say where it is. If you don't 
do this, then it's not going to, you're not going to like your stock price. Yeah. And it, it's, I mean, it's a, talk about a small world. I mean, it's, you're talking about nine or 10 people here who are controlling the stock price of a company that's worth over a hundred billion dollars now. It's kind of crazy because you think of the Salesforce, oh, they're a public company. I mean, any, anyone can go buy their stock. True. Anyone can buy their stock. And those people are about 9% of their owners. The other, mm-hmm. other, other 90% are <laughs> these 10 people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got another one. I think, I think we'll continue to see, well, not continue. I think, I think our last prediction was, why do I feel like I have echo? I think our last prediction. Because you're so far away from the mic. Your technique has really fallen off, John. I know. I know. Sorry. I've been leaning back, yeah. getting comfortable. Just <laughs> in the mood. Yeah. Um, so our last prediction was that Benioff was going to move the chairman role. I think that might happen still this year. Oh, wow. I think I think him kind of doing the co one foot, the kind of co CEO thing, was a way to ease the investors, yeah, a right. way to say I'm still here, right. and that as the com- company continues yeah. to grow and show growth, those, under, nine, those nine guys said no, you can't, you can't sit from CEO. Yeah, you can do under Keith's leadership. Yeah. It's kind of a way to say, look, everything's fine. Keith, Keith's got this. You don't need well, you me. Do you don't, you don't need me right here. Let me, let me chairman and let me focus on my other stuff. Yeah, I think, I think if if not in the middle of the year or the end of their actual fiscal fiscal year. We might see something along those lines leading to that. Maybe not yeah, official, but I think it'll. I think it'll continue. Yeah, that's, that I, can, I can see that. Because even this article or this interview where he talk, he's on vacation. He talks about how busy he is, and and then he gets into the, some of the stuff that he was able to do now that Keith was kind of handling all the the day to day. It seems like he wants to focus more on that other stuff than this stuff. You know, I I, I don't want to. I don't think it's fair to say because I, what I want to say is it feels like he's kind of checked out. <clears throat> And, no, I don't that's, think that's fair. And yeah. I don't think it's fair either. I like I said, I'm but to some degree maybe. And also, and I know he's always said that he's not he's not political, doesn't want to run for political office. You know, you remember the um <laughs> oh, let me see if I can find it. Um You remember this one, right? I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, I'm an American. Well, I mean, so then you know they publish like these the the billionaires and who they give their money to, and he um, was one hundred percent Democrat. Now he's gone to one hundred percent Democrat. He used to give to you remember I remember because we found out he like he gave to this was years ago, but he gave to Paul Ryan and some other Republicans. Mm-hmm. Kind of even. I mean more to the Democrat side, but still. And now he's one hundred percent Democrat. I think he's. I mean, it just seems like he's and he's. Um, oh, what else? What did what did he do uh, somewhat recently? Um, that that law to to charge tech companies. Uh, that make over a certain amount to pay for. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Was that I mean, set to pay for homeless? Yeah, was, yeah, homeless. Um, so I don't know. I just it's it's boy, it sure does does seem like in some capacity or another he's very involved in politics. Right. Very involved in social issues, and I think I think that's where his passion is right now. Not not to say that he doesn't care about Salesforce. He doesn't. He's not passionate about that. But I think he also has this other passion that he wants to maybe focus more on. Um. So I, I see him moving more towards that, and I, I think that leads to the. To my my assertions that that he's probably moving in that direction, and I think the best fit the best place for him would be to continue to be chairman, but to to let Keith can completely own the CEO. Yeah, I'm actually he's more passionate about those things than he is, you know, CRM and and, and machine learning. His his conversations with um, Kramer have gotten a bit repetitive, so I, I I kind of might agree with that. Yeah, he's just kind of going through the motions. It seems. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I haven't. Honestly, I've been so busy, and and my uh, the the holiday break just. I swear, it just flew by. 
It did. I, I normally like. I feel like at the you know around the new year, like I spend some time just think you know thinking about. That's what stuff. I was hoping to do. I, I it just really, didn't happen, did no, it? No, me neither. So I don't really have you know I have no profound. You know what predictions? You know, Jeremy, you and I need to go on a guys trip and just to the Galapagos, swim some turtles, and and just think. Get ourselves organized. Yeah, I don't know. It's been one of your fantasies <laughs> to go on a, a guys trip with me. It has been. We've never gone on a guys trip. You can't count San Francisco Trailhead uh, Conference. I don't think I can say what I want to say about this, so I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, <laughs> which probably means we should wrap up. Yeah, we should. We've been long. Appreciate everyone listening live who hung out with us this long. You guys are troopers. It, yeah, it has been. I, I don't know if we were making up or we're, yeah, we're hour, a little over an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it's kind of long. I didn't even think we'd have a 30-minute show. That's, that's how this works, I guess. Yeah, and we're recording late because, yeah, we won't get into why. But yeah. we may be recording, you know, in the after hours, after business hours from now yeah, on. Yeah, it just seems know, we'll like see. with the changes I but have yeah, going on, the changes you have going on, it might seem better to. It's almost eight p.m., so it's, do this. It's, a, it's a different ah. thing. So we'll, we'll see. This is uh, we'll work we're it so out. Damn long winded. That's our problem. I need a time box. I mean, you think you're you think you're this quiet introvert, but it turns out you put you put a microphone in your face, and you know we talk for <laughs> two hours. Well, and to that, I say good day, sir. <laughs> You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.